gratitude in your heart. It's hard to look. It's hard for me to get upset with somebody I'm thankful for. And sometimes when we come into the house of God, we, we get upset and we're, we're, we're irritated by this over here, by that over there. Something's wrong when we started the day off. Amen? You notice that in your family. You notice that on your job. You're going to have a bad day if you don't start with an attitude of gratitude. So the very very first thing we ought to do, and we've been trying to encourage you to do for the last several minutes, is just to worship God, just to be thankful. It's your breath in our lives. It's your air that we breathe. And we don't even deserve to be here today, God, but it's all because of you.
they like all the attention. They like everybody talking about how great they are and how much they do. And my wife is the exact opposite. Uh, she would rather not be up here. She would rather not be in the spotlight. She's happy just to stay in the background. But every once in a while, I push her out there. Push her. That's just what I do. So today is one of those times. So thank you for uh, hearing what she has to say. She's going to minister to us. I'm going to wrap things up, and I've got a few things that I want to say, but I want her to speak to us first. And I believe that God's going to speak to us through her. Amen. Amen. 
I can just stop right there. Scripture says it all. Yeah. I have to add to that. The greatest is love. Can we go ahead and stand? I want to pray. We can do that. Lord, Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the opportunity that we can come to worship you in fullness and in truth. Thank you for your word that you've given us, Lord, that gives us direction and helps us, Lord, become all that you want us to be. And I pray, God, that you would touch each of the ladies today. Pray that you give them an extra dose of strength. Watch over them, protect them. Give them wisdom, Lord, as they raise their children. Give them wisdom as they help others follow you. And we thank you for all that you're doing in each of our lives. And we bless you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So we all have a beginning. Of course, my journey or my birth was about 29-ish years ago. <laughs> I'll just leave it. Okay. Honestly, my journey began in October of 1997. 1997. We don't have to discuss the tech numbers. So you can figure it out. So my baby picture is right here. This is me. And if you can show the next one. This is a few of me that brought up here on the years. Then the big picture here, that, that's when AJ and I were friends. <laughs> and now, Pastor's Journey began in 1976. Look at that. How adorable. He's given us the smolder look. <laughs> and then a few of them brought up. That's my boyfriend right there in the We got to tour on throughout to our Lots of fun here. So today, I'm thankful for our parents. No, not Who not only raised us, Pastor and I, but they shared all of our firsts, but also introduced us to a very real and living God. And we became their disciples. So there are two dates that are very important to a parent. The first is the birth of our children. It's something that you'll never forget. It's just, it's your personal story. So we became parents for the first time almost seven years, 17 years ago with the birth, I know, with the birth of Julia. Then 2.3 years later, Jasmine came along. I know. I was torn with these pictures. And then Ashton joined and finished our family four years later. Each story about how they came is very special to us. And this is how their journey began. This is what they did. Julie was born in August of 2001. Jasmine was born on November 11th, 2003. And Ashton was September 2007. But I can't forget, there's one more. The one who completed our family. <laughs> this is Brutus. He was born July 22nd. This is his baby picture. 2015. Keep going, there's some more. Oh, look at him, I get it. Uh, I'm thankful for that little guy. He's so happy when he got home. Thanks for doing that. So today, also, I want to talk about the second date that is important to us as parents, or as mentors, as yeah. It's the day 
my children that their life encountered God for the first time for themselves. That was the day that their personal experience with God started. With everything that pulls on our children, there's no better rebuttal than a personal experience. Amen? We get your stories and talk about it all day long, but until we have an experience, it doesn't become real. So here's our child, our children, I should say, almost my bruise. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, he did not get baptized. <laughs> so our spiritual birthdays, pastors was February 25th, or 24th, 1985. This is when we got baptized. It's like Mine was December 5th, 1985. Got crazy hairs on there. Julia, she was baptized until Holy Ghost, April 6th, 2008. Jasmine, she was filled with Holy Ghost and baptized June 6th, 2013. And Ashton was filled with the Spirit and he was baptized August 14th, 2013. So the two dates that I don't want to ever forget was the day they were born, the day they were born again. Our children being filled with the Spirit, being baptized in Jesus' name, didn't happen by accident, nor did it happen overnight. It started with our parents finding truth, our grandparents finding truth, and now we are passing that down to our children. So it didn't happen by accident. What I'm trying to say today is that there are perfect things in life, and they don't happen by chance. Just as Pastor says, sitting in the garage is a new car. The same is true. You can't sit at church and say, I'm a Christian. There's more to it. So today I want to encourage our mothers and those that are helping others draw closer to Jesus. Read them scriptures with their children. Sing those songs. Especially when they're young. The songs get in their heart, in their mind. They think about the songs they have today. I don't have to try it. Teach them biblical truths through life lessons. But there's going to be a lot of those. I don't not my children. I take every moment. We were talking about this yesterday, actually. We take a lot of moments and we turn it into a life lesson. So, but I, I want to instill something in them. There's more to life than just spiritual things. I want them to know there's something more. So, all the other things in, in the lives that we, we live, a lot of it is just distractions. Compared, compared to eternity, you know, does it really matter? Are those things really that important? So what happens in your home is what determines the final direction of your child. It's a huge calling as a parent. God doesn't take your role as a mom lightly either. We talked about motherhood and ladies and Bible and just how they impacted their lives, they impacted their families. I would do anything for my children, as you would, I'm sure. I would fight for them. I will correct them. I will support them. I will laugh with them. I will cry with them. And more importantly, I'm going to love them without conditions. That's the example that Jesus gave to all of us, is to love unconditionally. 
And it doesn't matter what my children do. They're my children. And I love them anyhow. And I'm told them that. Because they're not always going to be able to just right. And that's okay. We're growing up. Where did I get my example of love? First experience was through my parents and my grandparents. Then I experienced love for myself in a very real way. God came down when I was eight years old and filled me with his spirit. I'll never forget that night. I was a very shy individual, okay? I wouldn't even go to the front. We moved into a boisterous church, so it made me nervous. I didn't want people doing this stuff to me. So I was really shocked. So mom said, okay, let's we'll pray right here at the barbecue. We prayed that night. So it doesn't have to be boisterous. It doesn't have to be It'd be just a quiet little spot there by the pew, by the new mom. We can be with the children. We can help them pray for the I'm thankful for that, that night. Because it changed my life. So let's be intentional with our children. Time is so short. But God is coming back soon. It's not time to be relaxed in our relationship with God. The scripture tells us to go and make disciples. Matthew 28, 19-20 says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things I have commanded you. Behold, I am with you always to the end of age. So that's our commission as parents, as mothers. Teach your children. Disciple them. They're your first disciples. Yes? Before you get anybody else, make sure you get them. Amen? children are, sometimes if you have multiple children, uh, one children, one child will be like you, another child will be a little bit more like your spouse. Maybe one will be like either one of you, but some distant relative in the family. We, we, we don't want that. Uh, so, Jasmine, whenever she was filled with the Holy Ghost, uh, what she didn't mention is Jasmine was very similar to my wife, and that she didn't like she doesn't like a whole lot of attention when she doesn't like but she did at the time. <laughs> but she she wouldn't come. We would try to get her to come to the front. She wouldn't come to the front. So we decided. Me and her decided we were just going to pray over here in the front seats while everybody else was praying. God filled her with the Holy Ghost, sitting in the seat right here in the front row. So it doesn't have to be every time we, you know, we, we want people to come forward and we encourage people to do that. But I realize everybody is different. Now let me just say this. That is the greatest opportunity that any parent has. I mean, I love to see my kids get awards. I love to see them uh, honored. I, I, I love to see them excel at things uh, and do good. Uh, you know, my house, I said it yesterday, but my house is smelled like cake for over a week, thanks to many of you. Uh, you ordered cakes from Julia, and Julia has, has worked hard on those cakes. 
I told her, she told me some of the orders that she had. She didn't tell me who they were for, but she told me some of the orders. Julia, that's complicated. Why, why, why didn't you just keep it simple? She said, Dad, they wanted it. I wanted to make them happy. So she's worked hard to, to try to make some cakes, to make, raise money to go to, to Greece. And she may not say this, but, you know, I'll say this. Uh, she, you know, she's worked hard. So if you really like your cake, just go ahead and tip her something. That would be nice. Uh, but I do want to encourage you today. Your kids are going to do good in some things, and they're not going to do good in some things. And I want to direct your attention now, if you would. Just let's just take just a moment or two, and I want us to go to uh, the book of Judges. And I want us to look at Judges chapter four. And you may, you know, this this we're talking about the love of the mother. And if you really want to know the love of the mother, I, you know, it's easy, I think, for us to understand. Most most mothers, it's easy for us to understand when I deserve love because I've done something, you know, I've done something good. So, yeah, of course, my mother loves me. But what about when I don't deserve love? What about when I have disappointed? And I want us to, to kind of just look into this for just a moment because, you know, I, I don't know if you guys understand this, but I wasn't saved my whole life even though I was in church. Does that make sense to you? Can I just say that you understand what I mean? You can come to church and not be saved. Uh, in Judges chapter 13, we read about... Uh, this it's kind of difficult for me to go here because we read about this woman who's a mother and it, the, the, the Bible doesn't even necessarily give us her name in verse 1 it says the children of Israel did evil again in the sight of the Lord and the Lord delivered them into the hand of the Philistines for years there was a certain man of Zorah of the family of the Danites whose name was Manoah and his wife was barren and barren. Now this is this is the extent that we know about this woman. What is the first thing that the Bible says? It, she was wife of this guy. And she couldn't have any children. The second thing it goes into, it tells us that the angel of the Lord, in verse 3, appeared unto the woman and said unto her, now behold, or behold now, thou art barren and bearest not, but thou shalt conceive and bear a son. So he gives her a promise. Now therefore, beware, I pray thee, and drink not wine nor strong drink, and eat not any unclean thing, for lo, thou shalt conceive and bear a son, and no razor shall come on his head, for the child shall be a Nazarite unto God from the womb. And he shall be, begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of then the woman came and told her husband, saying, The man of God came unto me. And his countenance was like the countenance of the angel of God, very terrible, or very wonderful, very incredible. But I asked him not whence he was, neither told he me his name. But he said unto me, Behold, thou shalt conceive and bear a son, and not drink no wine or strong drink, neither eat any unclean thing, for the child shall be a Nazarite unto God from the womb. Is that now she's not mentioned by name in the book of Judges? Some people think that the mother of Samson 
was Hazel Hazel that's mentioned in First Chronicles chapter four. We don't know for sure, but we can we can deduce that what she did is more important than her name because the Bible says that the angel of the Lord came to her. Angel of the Lord didn't come to Manoah first. He came to her. He came to Manoah. And he said, you're going to bear a son. Now, I, I don't know that, we, we don't know, the Bible doesn't explicitly say, uh, it tells us Hannah prayed for a child. But it would have been natural for this mother of Samson to pray for a child. As a matter of fact, let me just go on a little bit, and I'm not going to, I really don't want to stay long on this today. But you notice a lot of times in the scriptures, when somebody cannot have a child for a period of time, many times when God gives them a child, it's a special child. So those of you that are here today, you're waiting on your promise. You're waiting on your child. You want to be a mother. You're waiting on your promise. Let me just encourage you. Don't give up. Don't lose heart. I know sometimes it seems like things are going the wrong direction, but, but that love that you have, that you want to share with your children, God knows. God sees that. The scripture says that the angel came to the, the wife of Manoah and meets with her and says, You're going to have a you're going to have a son. Now, I want you to notice a couple of things. He goes into this list of what she can and cannot do. He then gets very descriptive after you have this son. No razors to touch his head. He's not to drink. He's not to eat. Uh, dead things. He's, you know, this is how it's going to be. It's, we, we're going it, to, he's going to be a special guy. Why is he telling mom this? I mean, the proper chain of authority would have been tell dad and dad would have told mom and mom would have been carried out the order. No, this was such an important task that the angel of the Lord came to mom and said, this is what, this is how it's going to be. You're going to have a son and this is what's going to be expected. Now, I don't know about you, but I look at this and I, I, I think that there's something very special about this. I think that there's something very interesting about this. She gives birth to a baby. They named the baby Samson. The Lord blessed him. And I don't know, I don't know how Samson was when he was a baby. I really don't know. I, I just kind of think about this. You, you guys have probably seen the movie The Incredibles, you know. And I think about, you know, Baby Jacks. That's what I remember thinking. And this really strong baby or something. That would have been really cool. But I don't know, baby. But I do think that, that as Samson grew, people could start to notice Samson was different. There's something different about Samson. He wasn't like everybody else. He didn't do things like everybody else did. He didn't act like everybody else did. And that was okay. Because he was special. He was different. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. A lot of times when people think my kids are different, some people would think, oh, that's weird. They're, they're weird. They're weird different. No, they're not weird different. To me, they're special different. My kids don't look like everybody else. They don't dress like everybody else. I don't let them talk like everybody else. I don't let them do things that everybody else does. And the reason that I don't, the reason that my wife 
is very particular about who they hang out with and who they're friends with and who they're connected to on social media and all that stuff that goes into it today is because they're different. They're special. They were given to us and entrusted to us as Samson was to his mother by God for a purpose. The scripture says, as arrows are in the quiver. You know, arrows were a way that you would fight back the enemy. Arrows were a way that you would mark your territory. Enemies, uh, enemies would be fearful of somebody who had a quiver full of arrows. And the scripture says, blessed is the man that has his quiver full of you were only as powerful as your quiver. Now, can I just tell you this? If you let your children just do whatever, you let them be just like everybody else, you let them act just like everybody else, you don't care whether or not they have a second birthday, that's your problem. That's going to be your ruin. You say, why, Pastor? Because you've been given a gift by God. And I want to show you something powerful here. Because this, look, I, I, I can't relate to have the strength of Samson there's a lot of stuff I can't relate to, uh, but there are some things about Samson I can't relate to. Bad judgment, weakness for women, right? Anybody else know what I'm talking about? Look, Samson made some really bad choices. He did. As a matter of fact, he, he, he finds this woman that's not a godly woman, and he falls in love with her, and he goes to his dad, and he's like, Dad, I want you to work this out for me. Back then, the parents had to arrange it. Dad had to work it out. Make it happen. And mom had to deal with it. Now, the scripture, the scripture doesn't say this, but can, can you just imagine with me? Mom, she got the angel visitation first. She was told, your son's going to be special. He's going to do great things. I'm going to use him to start to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. And this guy, this guy, decides, I want to go marry one. Come on, moms. You know what you do. I didn't raise you to be like this. I didn't raise you to act like this, Samson. You wanted to shake a little bit. What's wrong with you, Samson? You're supposed to know better than this. God's got bigger things in store for you, Samson. And I'm sure. I, the Bible doesn't say it. I, and I'm sorry. Just give me just a little bit of liberty, okay? If you don't like this, you can throw it out. Just, just go with just what the Scripture says. But this is what I imagine. Because I know how my mom loved When I was making that judgment. She didn't stop loving me. There was never a moment... When I made some really, really dumb decisions and I got myself in big trouble, then my mom said, you know what? I'm writing you off. I'm done with you. Just get out of my house. She, she never did that. She never said, don't ever come back here. I don't love you anymore. She, never, never. I was never even a question. She just kept loving me when I made that decision. I'm just thinking now, if Samson's mother, who isn't even given a name in the Bible, if she didn't feel the same thing, disappointment. Oh, my mom could just kill me for that. Right? Mom, are you mad at me? No, honey. I'm just disappointed. Mom, do you hate me? No, son. I'm just really disappointed right now. 
Oh, we might as well just stand and reflect. Because that's the worst feeling in the world. And to know that that's what I had done, right? I don't know if Samson felt that at all. Obviously, he didn't really care that much. Because he went ahead and kept doing what he wanted to do. But there had to be, I'm thinking there had to be a time where Samson and Samson's mom had a talk. And Samson's mom said, Samson, if you keep going this way, I'm going to love you. I'm always going to be here. But I'm just going to tell you, Samson, you've got a calling on your life. You've got a purpose on your life. There's something more important that you're supposed to be accomplishing. And what you're doing now, Samson, is you're throwing it all away for stuff that's not going to last. Samson, I love you, and I love you enough to tell you, look, I followed the rules that the angel gave to me. And the whole time I raised you, I raised you exactly like the angel told me to raise you. And I, I did everything. And Samson, I raised you to be the, the, the answer to Israel's problems. I raised you to be the, the deliverance for Israel. And now, you're sleeping with the enemy. Samson, I, I didn't envision this for you, but I still love you. Just remember that, Samson. No matter what happens in your life, no matter what 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 you're gonna you're gonna come to a ruin. But but before you do, just remember I love you, and I'm not giving up on you. I don't know. Again, just taking a little bit of liberty here. I don't know how much it was, but I, I can tell you in my life that when I almost ruined myself, when I almost came to the end of myself. I could, I could hear my mom's words. I could hear my parents' support. I could hear their love for me. I, I felt and knew that they knew that there was more important things destined for me. And I'm just wondering if, if that Samson is grinding at the mill with his eyes already taken from him. I'm wondering how long it took him to come to the realization mom was right. Oh my goodness. Can you have to, you have, you have to just... Get, get there with me. You know, he's grinding. Oh, his eyes are gone. For the, for the most part, his strength is gone. He's humiliated. He's lost everything. I mean, the, the things that he was really to give up everything for, they're gone now. And he's just, he's just walking in circles, pushing, just grinding and grinding and grinding. And I wonder when it dawned on I wonder what happened. Because something happened. Because the scripture talks about how he, he kind of figures it out. And, and, and at the end of his life, the Bible says that they positioned him by the two pillars, by the big pillars that were holding up this temple that the, all of the Philistines were worshiping in. And there's thousands of them gathered in this temple. And so they, he asked the, the, the little boy who was guided. He, he couldn't even walk on his own. He had to be guided around by some little boy. And he tells the little boy, he's like, would you, would you just position me up by the pillars that are supporting this place? Now, I'm not advocating suicide in any stretch of the imagination. Please hear me. But what Samson did in the end of his life was he began to deliver Israel. He killed more Philistines in his death than he killed in his life. And he killed a lot of his life if you read the story. It's pretty, I mean, the guy was, he was just like a superhero, really. Well, what happened with Samson was only possible.
possible because there was a lady who's not even given a name in the Bible who I believe loved Samson enough to show him what was right and what was wrong. To teach him, this is God. This is who we love. This is who we serve. This is what our life is all about. Somebody took the time. Now, look, Samson made a lot of bad choices and mom kept loving him through even the bad choices. But I believe Samson knew where his mother stood. I believe that he knew his bad choices disappointed mom and that he wasn't living up to his full potential. And I believe that when it actually came down to crunch time, Samson said, Mom, this one's for you. I don't have proof. I don't have proof that if any of it was for Mom. But I can tell you one thing. I know Samson's mother put the right stuff in. I know Samson's mother taught him about God, taught him what the right way was because Samson, even though he kept going away from him, he, he would come back. So moms, if you're here today, let me just encourage you. It's never wrong to follow the word of God when you're raising your kids. It's never wrong. You're not, you're not doing them any disservice to love them enough to show them the right way. Will they always do the right things? Absolutely not. Case in point. There were many times where I disappointed my family. Many, many, many times where my mother, I think she probably wondered, is there any hope for this kid? Is he ever going to turn out? I mean, I I, I prayed for him and I, I love him and I've tried to train him the right way. I mean, my mom, she was good. She was a good mom. I'm, see, I'm setting up, but she's talking to Louisville a little bit today. I gotta be careful what I say. But now my wife is very particular about my children. And there are many days that she's with them a lot more than I am. That's why I think the angel went to Samson's mom. Because moms, us dads, we got to toe the line. We have to know what's going on, so on and so forth. But you're with them day in and day out. You know the ins and outs. And you have a lot more influence than you think. So as you stand with me today, I just want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to think about what Sister Kathy said. If your children have not yet been baptized in Jesus' name, if they've not yet received the gift of the Holy Ghost, if you haven't, then let's start there. But if your children haven't been baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, if they're not living for God, I want you to know you have influence in their life. It's your love. It's your love. Look, God designed it that way. It's your love that's going to keep pulling them back. Samson's mother was obedient. She was a godly woman. When the Lord spoke, she listened and she obeyed. That's what we're responsible to do. You can't fix everything in your child's life. They're going to make bad decisions. They're going to make good decisions. You need to celebrate the good decisions. You need to let them know I'm disappointed. Pastor, what are you saying? I'm saying Samson's mom did her very best to follow the instructions that God gave her. But Samson still made bad choices. Parents nurture their children, but the children are responsible for their own decisions. Children, if you're here today and you're listening to me, you're, you're Pastor, hear my heart for just a second. Look, I'm not trying to be your God. I'm not trying to be your dictator. But your parents... They made mistakes in raising you. 
my parents made mistakes in raising me, and I'm making some mistakes in raising my kids. I'm trying to learn. My wife helps me. My parents help me. Many of you help me. Nobody's perfect. So if your parents made mistakes in raising you, if they still love you, why don't you just try forgiving them? Why don't you just say, you know what? They made mistakes, and I'm going to make mistakes too. Don't fool yourself. Don't ever fool yourself into thinking you're not going to make mistakes raising kids. You will. You'll do some dumb stuff. You'll say words. Words will come out of your mouth, and you. I never thought I would say that. Just tell the truth. Kids, if you're here today, I don't care if you're 7 years old or if you're 27 or you're 37 years old. Listen to me for just a second. You're responsible for your own decisions. Your parents may have not been serving God when, you, when they brought you up. But they're serving God now. If your parents are serving God now, give them a chance. Quit trying to make it so hard for them. Well, you're not perfect. And you did this and you did that. You know what you're doing? You're letting the devil use you. Because the devil is the accuser of the, of the brother. And so every time you let the devil make an accusation through you to cut your parents down, you're letting the devil just use you. Are you with me? Look, that's, I, that's scriptural. I'm not going to take time to go through it all. That's scriptural. What am I saying? I'm saying forgive your parents. Don't, if, if they raised you the wrong way because they weren't following God, look, don't hold that against them. You need to get into this book. And you need to see, this is, look, this is the ultimate God for raising kids. This is the ultimate guide for life right here. Amen. Samson's choices caused his downfall and his death. His parents urged him to find an Israelite wife, but Samson wouldn't listen. It's hard for parents to watch children make disastrous choices in their choices of spouse, sometimes in career choices, sometimes in just dumb stuff that they know better. We can offer advice, we can pray, but we cannot choose life for them. Often, after a bad choice is made, we're going to need grace. So let's exercise grace with one another. Man, if I could take back some of the dumb stuff that I've done in my life, I can. So it's a good thing there's grace. There's a song out now. Me and Jasper, we've been listening to it. We wrote together in St. Louis this week. But it's by mercy me. It's called Grace Got You. Anybody have you heard that song? Oh my goodness. I, look, I'm not a big, you know, Grace Everything fan, but but man, that, that song, there's a part of that song that says, uh, smile like you just did something wild. Or just like you just got away with something wild. And, and then it says you did get away with something because Grace got you. I mean, think about it. We don't deserve to get away with anything. We all deserve hell if we really want to be honest about it. We've all sinned. We've all made mistakes. Parents, children, everybody. But the love of God that works through moms, that works through parents, and that works in this church, because the church is a mother as well. It keeps bringing us back. My mom was very gracious to me. My wife is more gracious than I am with my children. And this church endeavors to be very gracious with people in the United States. So if you're here today, you made a mistake, and your life has been a little bit out of whack, and you've been making some bad choices, I'm going to just encourage you to step out of your seat. 
come down here. We're not going to shake you down. We're not, we're not going to bulldoze you down here, okay? But if you want to come down and you want to say, God, I want to recommit myself to you. I know what I've been taught. I know what's right. I know what the, I know I should be baptized in Jesus' name. I know I need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. I know I've got to ask forgiveness for myself. Then step out of your seat today. You've been making bad choices. Maybe you just need help making better choices. You know what? The Holy Ghost can help you. Amen. God is here to help you. This church is here to help you. So as I open up this altar right now, I just want to encourage you. Step out of your seat. Come down to this altar. I, I, I wonder if we could just all find a place, whether it's at this altar or at our seats, and just take a moment and just clear our hearts and our heads and say, God, I want to be forgiven for every mistake that I've made, everything that I've done, and I want to commit to following you from here on out. Can we do that right now? Let's just take some time and pray and talk to God. Communicate with Him and let Him speak to us.
connection card. Look at the back of that. Maybe you need to finish sending it from your phone. But you'll see a, a list of possible next steps that you can take following the message today. And uh, we encourage you to be reading the Bible through with us. Many of you are. If you are not already, you can do that simply from the app. You can join the version reading plan that we are all on. We're reading through the New Testament together uh, this time. If you'd like more information about our service teams, our growth groups, baptism, or membership, check the appropriate box and let us know. We'll make sure that we get that information to you. Also, if we can be praying for you in a specific way, place that in the space provided there in that box. And we will be praying for you. We have our prayer team that prays every week for those requests. And today, if you're a first-time guest, we have a gift we'd like to give you before you leave today. Uh, my wife and I would like to just greet you for just a second before you leave. And uh, that will be over here to my right and your left in the back. We will say hi to you before you leave. We won't keep you off. And I do want to make mention of uh, just a couple uh, big things we do. Uh, we will have a business meeting as soon as we find out more.